Well, this morning we're continuing in our message series called God's Plan for Your Finances. God has a plan for every aspect of your life. It's revealed to us in God's Word, the Bible. The Bible is the most important book on this planet, bar none. The Bible is God's revelation of His plan for us, His way for us to walk with Him. And yet, many people don't take it seriously. In fact, many today have, have never even read the Bible. And if they've read it, they haven't applied it to their lives. And so, God gave us His Word in order to teach us how to have a relationship with Him and how to lead a successful life. A successful life, according to the Bible, is discovering God's will and then doing it, putting it into practice. Let's listen to how God wants us to be a success. The verses in the message today are written out in the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has the outline there as well. 3 John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. And so God's will for your life and my life is that Every aspect of it goes well. I mean, that sounds pretty good, right? I don't want things going badly in my life. I want them going well. God wants them to go well for you as, as well. And the promise here, it's a prayer, but if you look closely, it's actually a wonderful but conditional promise from God. Let me rephrase it so we can better understand what God's Word is saying to us today right here. He's saying, if your spiritual relationship with God is prospering, if it's going well with your soul, if your spiritual life is, is going well, then God is going to cause you to prosper in all other areas of your life. He's going to cause things to go well in your life, including your health. On the flip side, if your relationship with God is, is not doing well, if your spiritual life is not going well, then the other areas of your life are not going to go so well either. Another way that the Bible teaches this principle is found in Deuteronomy chapter 11, where God speaks and says, see, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. And so that's a pretty easy equation to understand, isn't it? We obey God's commands, we're blessed, we Disobey God's commands and we are cursed. That operates in every area of our lives. It operates in our financial lives. That's why we want you to take Financial Peace University because you're going to learn God's principles so that the area of finances in your life can be blessed. Many people, including people who claim to be Christians, don't really believe the principle that the blessing that they have in their life is a direct, in direct correlation to their obedience. And yet these principles are true. They operate in each of our lives day in and day out. And true believers understand the fear of the Lord. We understand that as we obey God, His blessing rests upon our life. And if we disobey, uh, that blessing would be removed. And so God wants each of us to be blessed in our lives and to escape the, per the curse. Now today, I'm talking about how to be blessed financially. We're going to focus on our finances, how to be blessed in your finances. God wants things to go well for you in your finances. Now, according to the verses that we've looked at so far this morning, how is that going to happen? Well, it's going to happen as we follow biblical principles in the Bible related to finances. And the Bible is filled 
with instruction concerning our finances. Ignorance of God's commands is not an excuse. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Now, acquiring wealth by ungodly means leads to all kinds of trouble, but to be blessed financially by God is a good thing. How do you know if you're blessed financially? Well, God's Word tells us, it teaches us, that to be blessed financially is to have enough to meet your own needs and enough on top of that to be generous in your giving. To have enough to meet your own needs and to be generous in your, in your giving. It doesn't mean that everybody here is going to be a millionaire. Sorry. That's not what it means. But you're going to have enough to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. You're going to have enough to meet your needs and to be able to help others as well with your giving. So today we're going to look at one of the key biblical principles of giving. We need to understand God's plan of tithing. What is tithing? Well, as we go through the Bible, beginning way back in the early books of the Bible, we find that tithing is God's is God's starting point for being blessed and giving. Tithing is giving the first 10% of your income to God through the local church. It's, it's proportional giving. It's a percentage of your income. If you have a lot of income, a tithe is, is 10% of that. If you have less income, a tithe is lesser because you have less income. The Bible speaks of tithes and offerings. Uh, those are two separate things. We have Tithes, which is 10% of your income, and offerings, which are a gift beyond the 10% of a tithe. Now, a few months ago, we talked about making missions faith promises, and that involved giving offerings to support missionaries all around the world. We'll be talking about missions again in a couple Sundays. And there's more information on faith promises for missions in the brochure rack in the foyer if you weren't here for those uh, teachings. But back to tithing. The principle of tithing began in the Old Testament before the law was given by Moses. Abraham and Jacob tithed to God before the law was even giving. It was a, it was a basic financial principle. Tithing is mentioned throughout the Bible, including other parts of the Old Testament and the New Testament as well. It's mentioned over 50 times. Jesus himself commended tithing uh, in his teaching. Now, why would God want people to give 10% of their income back to him. Well, tithing, first of all, shows gratitude to God. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. And so the first fruits that are mentioned in this verse is the first 10% of, your, of the 10% of the harvest back then, which equates to our income today, whether... Not many of us are farmers. I don't know anybody here that's a farmer. We don't have that kind of harvest. But our harvest is the income that we receive for the work that we do, whatever that may be. And in this verse, this first fruits, this tithe, was given back to God as gratitude, as thanksgiving to him. It's a way of acknowledging that God has given us everything that we have. And we are honoring and thanking him. Now, this verse is both a command and a promise. It, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits. That's the command. And then the promise is, if we do that, then our barns will be filled with plenty. We're going to have an abundance. Our needs are going to be met. We're going to have an overflowing blessing. And not only does tithing show gratitude to God, but 
Tithing actually strengthens your relationship with God. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 20, Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so tithing has an effect on our spiritual relationship with God. In this in this verses, in these verses, Jesus is contrasting laying up treasures on earth with storing up treasures in heaven. You store up treasure in heaven by giving your money to God, and that begins with tithing. And I want to concentrate on the last phrase in these verses. You might want to underline it. It says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, your heart follows your treasure. If your entire treasure is on this earth, if your entire treasure is in bank accounts, 401ks, IRAs, then you're going to trust in those. And that's where your heart is going to be. I'm not saying that saving and preparing for tomorrow is wrong. But God is saying, lay up treasure in heaven as well as meeting your needs on this earth. Lay up treasure in heaven through tithing. And then your heart is going to be trusting in God for your future because he has it under his control. As a pastor, I've learned that tithing is a fruit of a spiritually mature life. Every spiritually mature person I've ever met has been a tither. The two go hand in hand because tithing strengthens your relationship with God. I'd like us to look at a, a video about the concept of giving to God the first fruits of our income. That's what tithing is. The two are synonymous in the Bible. Tithing is giving God the first 10% of your income, the first fruits. And the title of this video is simply First Fruits. And so God blesses those who bring the first fruits of their work to Him. We give to Him first, and then we trust Him to provide for our needs with the rest. God is the one who gave us the ability to work. He's the one who gave us the income that we have. And we give out of gratitude, out of thankfulness. And, and we give with faith, believing that as we give to God, God is going to take care of us as we obey his word. And once we understand this basic concept of tithing, this, this concept of first fruits, we ought to, according to God's word, test him, test his promise by tithing. You know, how would you... How would you feel if you wanted to give a, a wonderful gift to somebody, but they refused to receive the gift? You wouldn't feel so good. And sometimes God must feel that way when people are afraid to follow his direction and his word. He wants to bless us. He wants to meet our needs. He wants us to have an abundance in our lives. But we've got to follow his direction and his word in order for that to happen. And so in order to get our attention, God makes a, a very unusual challenge in his word with regard to tithing. He says, test me. He says, tithe and, and see if my word is not true. Malachi 3, verse 10, God instructs us, and he says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. And so God gives a challenge here in this scripture. God says to bring the whole tithe, the whole 10% into the storehouse. Now in the Old Testament, the storehouse was the temple. That's where the worship of God went on. In the New Testament era, which is what we live in, the, 
The storehouse is the church. The church is where the worship of God goes on. And God says, test me in this and see if I will not bless you. God is saying, I know maybe you're skeptical that if you give to me, I'm going to meet your needs. I, I know that perhaps you've added up your income and expense and there's nothing left over, nothing left for me. I know that you're not really sure about this, but test me into this. I'm giving you a challenge. Try it out and see if it works. And God is saying it will work because I'm going to open the windows of heaven and pour down a blessing until there is no more need, until every need that you have is met. Tithe and break the curse. You see, there's a choice between blessing and a curse. The previous verse in Malachi 3 verse 9 says, you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. And so the people of Israel at this time were not tithing to God. They were keeping all of their things for themselves. They were not giving to God the first fruits. And God here is saying that tithe, not tithing is equivalent to robbing God. Why? Because the first fruits are God's. And if we don't give to God what is His, we are actually stealing from God. We're taking from God. And the consequence of not tithing, the consequence of, of robbing God is that it puts you not under a blessing but under a curse. And a curse brings bad things that happen. We don't have time. There's other scriptures that talk about when you don't tithe, God actually goes and puts holes in your pockets uh, so that your money goes away. Yeah, he's going to get it one way or another. Uh, you try to hang on to it, it's going to go away. But when you begin to tithe, not only does God bring blessing into your life, he also removes the problems of the curse. Now, I've seen the truth of these biblical principles in my life, in the lives of people in the church, uh, both the blessings and the curses. If you're not tithing regularly right now, for whatever reason, I encourage you to take God's tithing challenge over the next six months. Bring the whole tithe to the Lord on your income. Give to God through the church and see what kind of blessing that he's going to bring into your life. Now, tithing is not the only financial principle that God's word teaches by not following God's word, many people today are deeply in debt. Recent polls show that 76% of people live paycheck to paycheck. If they don't get their next paycheck, they're in deep, deep trouble. 64% of Americans don't have enough savings to cover a $1,000 emergency. That would just put them completely under. And I believe that everyone here, Calvin already mentioned it, I'm going to uh, plug it again, everybody here would benefit from taking this Financial Peace University class that we have coming up in March. No matter if you think you've got your finances under control, you're going to learn something new. I'm taking the class, okay? My wife and I are taking the class. We want to learn something new to apply to our lives. Now, it's not just a matter, I warn you, of just sitting in the class for nine weeks, uh, you're going to have to make some decisions. You're going to have to apply it to your financial life in order to reap the benefit. But you're going to learn biblical principles that are going to help you get out of debt if you're in debt and help you manage your money God's way. And so we encourage you uh, in your bulletin is another sheet with more information what each of the nine weeks of the classes is going to cover. Uh, we encourage you to follow that link and to sign up. Now, don't wait for the last minute because... Once you sign up, your materials are going to be mailed to you. So it's going to take a little time for them to get to you. 
Uh, so you, we want you to have them for the first class. So don't wait for the last minute. We encourage you to sign up uh, for that. If you have any questions, talk to Kelvin about it. But as we learn to tithe, we can expect God's reward for tithing. For every promise in the Bible, in order for it to work, in order for us to claim that promise, we have to have faith. You might have some fears or you might have some doubts, but you have to have some kind of faith that what God is telling you to do in his word is true. That if we meet the conditions of the promise, if we obey God, that God will bless us. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, uh, let's see here. There we go. Without faith, it's impossible to please him for what? For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so we need to have faith that God rewards those who diligently seek him. And as we seek to obey his command in our finances, we have to believe that he's going to reward us. You have to have faith. And so when you tithe, you're earnestly seeking to obey God. We're not giving to get, we're giving out of gratitude of our hearts. And as we do that, we're going to be blessed. And we're blessed so that we can be a blessing, so that we can continue to give and continue to bless others as well. God blesses people so that they can be a blessing to others. We can expect God's blessing in every area of our lives. Malachi 3 verse 10 uh, we already had this, but I'll say it again. God promises if you obey his command with regard to the first fruits, see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out for you such a blessing until there is no more need. And so when we obey God's principles in our finances, we can expect a blessing in our finances. We are sowing financial seed and we can expect to reap <coughs> in our finances. And what will blessing in our finances look like? Well, we'll have enough to meet our own needs and we'll have enough to be generous to others on top of that. Now, some people have not been following biblical principles for a long time and they can be in a very big hole financially and it may take time to get out of that hole as you follow God's principles. But as you're faithful to that, the blessing will come. And the blessing for tithing is not just restricted to your finances. It's you're going to see blessing in your relationship with God. You're going to see blessing in your family. You're going to see blessing in your job. Expect God's blessing in every area. Expect God's blessing in proportion to your giving. Tithing is the starting point for giving in God's word. I mentioned a couple Sundays ago that I've, I've tithed since I was, I don't know, five years old. When I got my first allowance, you know what, back then... You know, it was a dime or something like that. And, you know, it was one penny was the tithe. And so tithing is not an issue for me as, you know, as that dime went to a dollar to ten dollars to ten to a hundred uh, to a thousand. It ended about there. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, I continued to tithe. And as you continue to do it, you see God bless. You see, there's always enough to meet your needs and to have a little more left over to continue to give. And once you learn that, your faith grows. And it's true for many in the church as well. The Bible speaks of giving tithes and offerings. Offerings are money that is given over and above the tithe. And what is God's blessing with regard to offerings? Well, I'm having 
I'm challenged in my clicking this morning. Uh, Luke 6.38, Jesus said, Given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So what this is saying is, you know, if you use a big scoop of grain to give to the Lord, you're going to receive a lot back. If you think, well, I'm just going to give this little bitty amount, you're not going to receive much back. So in the measure that you give, uh, you'll receive back. It's proportional blessing. Now, of course, <clears throat> we have to say that God does not look at the absolute amounts. Jesus told the story of a widow who just gave a few coins. And he said she'd given more than the other guys who came in with their money bags. Why? Because she gave everything she had. And so it's as we give from what we have, God blesses. It's not the absolute amount that the, the millionaire who ties on his million is going to get more blessing. Uh, he'll be blessed in proportion to how he gives. So we expect God's reward for tithing. I'd like to uh, invite Sarah uh, broadband up. She's going to share an encouraging story about how God has been faithful to his word in the finances of Eric and Sarah's family. So it's all yours, Sarah. Um, when Eric and I, before Eric and I got married, uh, we began our financial journey with a class, actually, I believe very similar to what is being given. Um, it was Crown Finance, and it allowed us to get our finances in order on a biblical page um, instead of the way the world tells you to spend your money, which is now and quickly. Um, so we started off just being astounded and amazed with the way that God handled our finances as we were faithful, uh, or as we did our best to be faithful in using the resources that he had given us. Um, before we were married, we committed to tithing from our gross income, and then in 2009, our church began a building campaign in order to purchase this building, actually. And uh, we began to give over and above our tithes. And I, I can't emphasize enough that this has nothing to do with me and Eric. This is God. This was just the way that we felt led, and God blessed that. Uh, the, a few years ago, Eric was working for a wonderful company. Uh, the people were great. The work was satisfying. The salary met w our needs easily. Um, but in August of 2014, uh, God challenged us because we fear change. We like routine. Everything was good, and we were flowing. And, uh, but God presented Eric and myself with a challenge. A former supervisor of his from a previous company he had worked for uh, called Eric out of the blue. Um, this supervisor was now also working for a different company. And he told Eric about a position that was opening at this friend's current place of employment. He And this man was actually responsible for writing the job description for the new position, and he was writing it specifically around Eric's skill set. He was headhunting Eric, so to speak. Um, Eric explained to him, he was very gracious, I'm very happy where I am, uh, my current job is wonderful, and I really have zero, less than zero interest in changing companies. Again, we don't like change. <laughs> um, his friend simply said on the phone, what will it take? Eric and I talked and prayed, and God gave us a dollar amount, a salary amount, that seemed 
ridiculous to us. Uh, it was a salary 40% greater than what Eric was currently making. Um, he took that number to his friend and told him that it would not be worth changing jobs unless he got this, you know, considering different drive and benefits and such. He's like, if you guys can give us this number, then we'll think about it. His friend begged him to apply and interview, and on the leading of the Holy Spirit, Eric obliged. The company offered him the job, but at a salary that was only a 20% increase. Still not bad. That is not an offer that could be ignored. God was wonderful there, and Eric but then took that number to his current company, and they said, we can match that. So again, Eric and I talked and prayed, and we, we sought prayer from our pastor and from our life group, and desperately trying to discern, you know, God, did you want us to stay? Do you want him to move? And we decided to turn down the friend's company's offer, simply stating that the salary was not what he had asked for, and that Eric was going to stay at his new company with a 20% raise. It was a fantastic blessing. However, God wasn't done. <laughs> um, he then tested our commitment to honoring him with our finances. He said, how are you going to use this blessing? With an increase in our salary, obviously our tithe increased. Um, and then we freely chose to increase our offerings to the building campaign as well, um, which it was at that time we had already fulfilled the commitment that we had made. It was similar to the missions campaign. We had met our commitment, and we had continued to give, but we chose to increase that offering as well. God also prevented, not prevented, presented um, several other opportunities to help family members and friends that, by chance, uh, came our way, needing assistance um, in desperate situations. And again, we were so thankful for God's blessing and he did our we did our best to honor our commitment to use God's resources to serve God by serving other believers. However, God wasn't finished. About six weeks later, uh, Eric gets another phone call from his friend. They had been searching and searching for almost two months for a man that could do the job that they wanted to get done. And they called him up and they said, that, you remember that ridiculous salary that you wanted? It's yours. Please come and work for us. Eric and I were blown away. Uh, God, we thought you'd close that door. We thought it was, it was all done. We had, there was no change and we still got a blessing. And does that mean you want him to move? And after obviously much more prayer and consideration, we we made that change and we made the move. And in every detail, we could see God's hand working. Uh, we did our best to seek him, and he did all the work. God reassured us in each step, and he made that decision. In less than three months' time, God increased Eric's salary by roughly 40%. Uh, the praise and the honor and the glory all goes to him. Um, he's our everlasting provider, and we're going to continue to do our best to show our gratitude. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Sarah. <clears throat> so it's amazing how God blesses when we put him first, when we put his principles into practice. Uh, you just can't outgive God. And as he blesses, your faith grows. I mean, Sarah and Eric's faith is much increased over what it was years ago before they saw God fulfilling his promise to them and to their lives and to their family. And so God's 
blessing helps our faith to grow so that we can grow in our walk with him, not just in finances, but in every aspect of our life with him. And as we give, a God helps to extend his kingdom, both in St. Louis and around the world. God rewards those who earnestly seek him by obeying his word in their giving. And so today we've looked at what God's plan for giving, what God's plan for tithing is all about. God challenges us, challenges each one of us to test him and see if this is not true. Test me in this. Try it out and see if I am not faithful to my, to my word. And he will be faithful to his word. God wants everyone in this church family blessed in their giving. And we encourage you to take God at his word. Test him in your giving and experience his blessing in your life. Now, in order to be a giver, you really got to be connected with God as your source. It's not just work for, for a person who's not a believer, for a person who's not a, a Christian. You have to be connected with God as your source. And to be connected with God, to become a child of God, we need to admit that we've done wrong, that we've sinned. We need to believe that Jesus died on the cross, that our sins might be forgiven, and we need to commit our lives to following him as our Lord and Savior. So I'd like to ask you now to bow your, bow your heads. We're going to pray. And if you've never prayed a prayer like this before, or perhaps you have and you'd like to recommit your life to the Lord today, I'd encourage you to pray along with me. God knows what you're thinking. You don't even have to pray aloud, uh, but he knows your heart. And so pray something like this in your mind. Say, Father, today... I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I've considered my life my own to live. I've considered my money my own, and I haven't acknowledged you. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. Come into my life. I believe that you're alive today, Jesus, that you rose from the dead, and I commit myself to following you and the principles in your word all the days of my life. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you, God, for the clear instruction in your word on every aspect of life, including the aspect of finances. Forgive us, God, for thinking that, that we work for this money, it's ours, and we can do with it as we please. God, we admit today that that is sin. It's, it's your money that you gave us the ability to earn. And we commit to giving back to you through your church, the first fruits, the tithe, the first 10% of our income. In fact, we commit to you to, to seeking you what to do with the other 90% as well, God, because it's all yours. We're just stewards. We're just someone that you've entrusted it to us. And as we test you according to your word, we believe that you will bless us in our finances, in the other areas of our life, so that we can continue to be a blessing to you and to your church. God, we pray today for those who are struggling in their finances, whether it's due to debt or job situation, whatever it may be, we pray that you'd give them the faith to test you, to test your promise of, of blessing as they give to you. God, we pray that many would be able to take this Financial Peace University class, but take the time to study your principles in your word so that they can apply them to their lives and walk in a greater blessing than they have before. We want to be believers who follow all of your word, God. We want to impact our world for you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.